You're listening to the Mind Your Home Podcast. I'm your host, Mia Danielle, and I'm here to tell you that the number one thing you can optimize to give you more energy and happiness is your environment. If you're tired of the chaotic cycle and ready to feel energized at home with more simplicity, more energy, and less clutter, then welcome to the Mind Your Home Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Mind Your Home podcast. I am Mia Danielle, and I am, of course, your host. So, school has begun, right? Has school begun for you? My kids have officially come back from the summer. We're getting in school mode. My oldest starts back tomorrow. My youngest started junior high today, and thus begins a brand new school year. People are back at work. Things are getting back into their regular flow after a very long and fulfilling summer with a lot of traveling and a lot of uh, just, you know, kind of free falling lifestyle, just, you know, kind of doing what we wanted when we wanted going to different places. Now we're getting back into the structure and I've got to say, I'm ready for it. So I'm so ready to get back into, you know, the structure of things and start feeling productive again. I loved summer. For those of you who don't know, I did get engaged over the summer. I'll be sharing that over on the Instagram probably right after I post this. Um, Matt and I have been together for about five years, and he proposed while we were in Antelope Canyon, which is beautiful. And if you haven't seen it in uh, northern Arizona, Antelope Canyon is a beautiful place to go. You do have to schedule a tour date, but it's totally worth it. It's always been on my bucket list. So super cool that, um, that I got to get engaged inside of one of the places that was on my bucket list. That's awesome. But now we are back and the productive season is commencing. Um, About the time that school starts and people who happen to be off or on vacation for the summer start to go back to work. And, you know, eventually, soon enough, we'll have the holidays coming up. And then all of a sudden, it's just, it's winter and you're seeing family a lot and your finances are starting to take a little bit of a dip because of all of the stuff you're buying. So, We're going to take a proactive approach to prevent you from experiencing any of that stress. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to get a jump start on your stress? If so, that is excellent because I have Susan Choi with me today. And Susan is just one of my favorite people. She's an amazing person. And she happens to have a wealth of information when it comes to things like stress. Susan is a high-performance stress management coach, and she hosts her own podcast on this topic of stress, which is called Stress Proof. That is a top 100 podcast in mental health on iTunes. So she knows what she's talking about. She's the founder of Finally Free, which is a program that helps high performers to think smarter and feel better and overcome stress and break through to the next level of success. Rest assured, you are going to leave this podcast episode with some extra tools to really maintain the stress, to keep it down, and to change the way you think. Let's dive in. I'm so excited that Susan is finally able to join me today here on the Mind Your Home podcast. Susan, I'm so glad that you're here. We Guys, we have been trying to get together and do a podcast with me over with her or her over here with, with me on the Mind Your Home podcast. And, um, you know, we're, her schedule's very busy. We're both busy ladies, but Susan is one of my favorite people. She um, is just 
wonderful and a wonderful source of wealth when it comes to things like we're going to talk about today when it comes to stress management and just how we look at our stress. So I'm so excited she's going to be able to share some of that wisdom with you. And Susan, I did give an intro at the beginning as far as what you do, but what I would love for you to share is how you got into this whole thing. Sure. And first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. And I do, I couldn't agree more with you in terms of you being one of my favorite people. So this is going to be such a blast. And I would love to share why I do what I do. And it is because I have had a lifetime's worth of experience when it comes to stress and the neuroticism of our own mind and what our minds can do to our health and our well-being and the you know how we think about our life is so determined by how we think and how we train our brain to think better thoughts to be more strategic as well as really understanding what it means to be emotionally resilient for the longest time i felt as if I was emotionally breakable and it's actually one of the most popular podcasts on my podcast because people just really resonated with that. And if you look back in your own life, there are certain life experiences that you've probably avoided for a long time and maybe you're still avoiding them. And that is because on some deeper level, you feel as if you wouldn't be able to handle that emotion. And that emotion could be pain. It could be rejection. It could be loss, you know, grief of perhaps being heartbroken. And it's all of these emotions that really keep us when we don't know how to handle that emotion that keep us from really living the truth of our life. And at the end of the day, the truth is, is that you really do want to experience those things. But because we haven't been taught at an early age of how to think better thoughts and how to really feel our emotions, we keep ourselves small. We keep ourselves from living this big life that we know deep down that we want to. And it finally broke me. Mia knows my story, but it finally broke me down where it got to the point where I was you know, in severe burnout, I had insomnia, I started to have weight issues, my hair was falling out, and all of these things were happening to me. And I finally realized it wasn't until I actually went to the doctor for a completely different reason. And in that session, she essentially told me, you have adrenal fatigue. And that's when I started to do all the work in terms of not only treating the effects of stress, but what it really means to treat the root cause of where stress comes from. And it all comes from us. We create our stress. It comes from our mind. And once you can retrain your brain to really be comfortable with stress, then it's like the world is your oyster. What is it now? Like, what do you really want to do? And you can go for that. I love that. And there are so many good nuggets in there. I'm like, where do I even start? Um, <laughs> first of all, like, you know, I had not even heard of adrenal fatigue before you, like after meeting you, of course, I've heard you talk about it, you know, a lot, but it's basically, that's something that your lifestyle kind of brought upon you, right? That's not something that, you know, you weren't born with it. You weren't going to just naturally have it anyway. It was something right. that the stress brought on. Absolutely. Yeah. Stress is caused by three things and it could be physical, emotional, or mental. So physical can be anything from, are you under eating, like severely cutting your calories or maybe even overeating? Like, are your organs just working too much? Um, you know, another thing is, are you working out too much? That's, that was the category that I was in. I was under eating and I was overtraining. I was doing CrossFit and Olympic weightlifting at the time, you know, probably working two and a half hours a day. 
working out. The other is uh, emotional and mental. So mental can be anything of like, you know, low self-worth, shame, negative talking, worrying, overwhelm, confusion, all of those things. And then emotional is a little bit of what I referenced before in terms of being emotionally breakable. So, you know, really not being able to handle what your emotions are trying to bring up for you and being able to discharge that. And it was all of those things combined as well as finding out that there was mold in my apartment. There's obviously a toxicity issue, which falls into the physical category, but all of those things happened all at once. And it was at that point when I realized I needed to change something in my life. And it wasn't just the apartment. It was everything that had to do with my mind. <laughs> you know, and that's crazy. Like I, I can remember around the time period of my life where just this realization hit that, oh, I can like think about what I'm thinking about. I can kind of choose my thoughts. I can take this different approach, you know, and up to that point, like most people, I was just responding, living in reactionary mode. And, you know, you, you don't really, unless you take the time to stop and really think about it, you don't think about it. It's not really a natural, you know, organic thing for you just to stop and think, oh, well, why am I angry? Oh, well, why am I feeling, you know, or thinking these thoughts that I'm thinking? What is it that caused me to go down this train of thoughts, which are typically a habit? You know, you get this habitual thought processes and kind of think, we tend to think the same things and the same stories and they lead to the same actions over and over again. But, you know, so many people don't really take the time to stop and think about that. So even if this is just a reminder for those listening to, you know, to really stop and take an inventory of your thoughts and how you're thinking, how you're, you know, what kind of thoughts are you repeating? What kind of stories are you repeating? And what kind of behaviors are those causing you to repeat? Even if that's all you take away from this, that's plenty. Because when I remember like having that, that revelation, that was just a life-changing moment in my life. Um, and it's, it's so powerful just to really take that control back, to take that power back. Um, so, right. I mean, that's why like the stuff that you're teaching, it's, it's, it's gold because if people can get that. Like you said, they can just transform the way that they're experiencing their lives, which is huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm curious. Do you still do any kind of weightlifting or training or, or anything like you were doing before? Right now I'm not. I am, I've, I am drinking the Kool-Aid of Peloton. I'll be perfectly honest. <laughs> I gave it a year in terms of, do I really want, you know, I practiced what you teach in terms of really asking myself the question of what value is this going to bring into my life? And, you know, what, spa what space is it going to be in? And, you know, I asked myself all those questions because I try to live that minimalist lifestyle. And I don't mean minimalist as in I don't have a lot of things, but I really try to imbue, you know, and bring in value and quality and joy into my home. And so I, I didn't buy it for one year. <laughs> and then finally this year I bought it and it's been the best investment for me. I'm so glad that I waited because I think I cherish it that much more because I waited. Yeah. And that's so true. I find that's true with a lot of things with me. When you don't just jump the gun, when you take the time to really like even just develop that desire for something, if it's something that you end up truly wanting, you end up appreciating it so much more. I found that, that uh, same thing to be true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like today, I really want to dive in. Obviously, stress is something that we all deal with. We all deal with it on different levels. A lot of my audience tends to be, um, you know, moms or, or busy women. And, um, you know, obviously, I talk a lot about, you know, developing the energy in your home and, and getting rid of the clutter, which is partially, you know, 
part of the reason that I teach that is to reduce the stress. But what do you do when it's not something that you can super manage, you know, like, what do you do when you come downstairs and the kids are just, they're acting insane, they're fighting with each other, they're throwing things, you're having, you know, you're getting frustrated, having trouble controlling that, or you've got your pets that are running around doing God knows what, you know, what do you do about those daily stressors when you do get frustrated? It is happening, you know? Right. So the first thing that I would say is it's okay to be frustrated. And I think that sometimes when we think to ourselves, I shouldn't be frustrated, it just, we are now creating another problem. And those thoughts spin off into what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my household? Am I not doing something right? And so we start creating more problems when we have what I call should thoughts. And so that's one thing to notice is how are you thinking about the situation? And the other, on the other side of that though, is how are you also originally creating should thoughts? So when you go downstairs and you immediately notice all of the toys on the floor, are you saying this shouldn't be here? My kids should know better or my partner should have done this yesterday when I asked. When we start having those should thoughts, we start arguing against our own reality. Suddenly, it's like we're, we forget that we're actually here and it's already happened. And instead of being focused on the solution of either how can I prevent this in the future or, you know, that's simply okay, I'm here right now, I can do this. Like we're, we have to choose different thoughts and think more strategically and solution oriented. But when we stay in, stuck in those should thoughts, we are just stuck in the problem and we start creating more problems. Now we think that not, we're, the way that we parent is not good enough. Now we think that our partner is not good enough. And so we have to be really careful about those should thoughts. And so what I would say to that is the next time something frustrates you in your home or even at work or something about your commute is really take a step back and ask yourself, am I thinking should thoughts? And if so, how can I choose differently in this moment to reframe that should thought from problem oriented to solution oriented. Oh, that's so true. And when you were talking about that, I can just think of even times in my own life where things just spin out. Like, you know, you have one situation and you're approaching that situation with somebody, but you're approaching it in anger. And now all of a sudden you're arguing about something completely different. It's like it opens up this whole wormhole of other things or, you know, you're you're getting onto the kids, but you're doing it like from a place of just just anger and, and you know, frustration and you're in the moment and you're, again, you're like really... Um, problem focused. You're not really thinking about a solution. You're just really digging into the problem, which can feel, it can feel primal. It can feel like exactly what you want to do. Like, I just want to dig into this and, you know, um, but at the end of the day, you're just, you're upsetting yourself more. You're making the issue worse. Now the kids are upset and it just, it really dominoes out of control, but I could totally like just see all of these different scenarios happening while you're talking about that. Yes, so I love absolutely. that just solution thinking. Or not yes. thinking about should. Don't should all over yourself. Don't should all over yourself. And the other thing too about that is make sure that you're properly being with that emotion. So like I said earlier, is there's nothing wrong with being frustrated. What will make it wrong is when you push it away or you react in order to feel better about yourself. And one thing that you can do with that is stay with that, breathe into that emotion wherever it is in your body for 90 seconds. The momentum of an emotion lasts 90 seconds, but the reason why certain emotions 
stay with us for the entire day, sometime you know into the night and you're tossing and turning or even into the week is because we fuel that emotion by not feeling it fully. And then we start thinking that same thought over and over again, which starts to cycle the 90 second cycle all over again. And it's because we can't let go of that thought. But when we really breathe into that emotion and we stay with it and we've actually processed it, like we're, we're, we're not feeling bad about the emotion, then you can respond, not react, but you respond from a very clean place. And usually when you respond from a clean place, you will like your reason so much more than when you reacted. Because oftentimes when we look back and we look back at the angry text that we sent or the angry email, we really didn't like the, our reason for having done that. But that's why people say, you know, sleep on it or wait 24 hours. And usually when you do, you'll notice that the way that you respond will be a lot different. That is so cool. I'd never heard of the whole an emotion lasting 90 seconds. That's interesting. Yes. I'm actually, I'm going to try that out next time I'm feeling a certain emotion because, you know, we do try to like uh, reject emotions that we don't want to feel or that we feel are wrong or, you know, if we're feeling jealous or we're feeling guilty or we're feeling angry, you know, we try to reject those emotions as being bad as if we should just feel good all the time. Mm -hmm. And that's just not realistic. So you have to, that's good. You have to learn to set with those emotions. Yes. And oh gosh, emotions are my jam. <laughs> and it's because I have spent a lifetime struggling with emotion. And, you know, most people, when they don't want to feel an emotion, they push it away and they turn to a distraction to make themselves feel better. So usually that looks like overeating, over drinking, over interneting. And it, it's even sneaky, right? Sometimes we'll clean the house thinking, oh, I need to burn this energy off. But really, even though that seems like it's a good thing to do, we're still distracting ourselves from the emotion. And so be very careful and cognizant of, are you really staying with it for 90 seconds, breathing into it and becoming friends with it? Because if you really think about it, the definition of emotion is from reasoning or knowledge. Now, where does reasoning or knowledge come within us? It comes from our mind and what we believe ultimately. And so what that means is that our emotions come from a very specific thought that we're holding in our mind. And so in a way, our emotions are brought up from us. And that's a really good thing because when you dissect the emotion, when you become very familiar with it, if you think about it, we're the ones that brought that emotion up. And so it's a really good time to reflect and be introspective in terms of digging deep into our conscious or unconscious state and think, wow, like what is it about me? What part of me was frustrated about that? And can I love on that part of me? You know, the part of me that maybe wants to be seen, that maybe wants to be respected, that maybe wants to be loved. I mean, it really goes much deeper than just toys on the floor. So that's why crazy. I love emotions because it's really a, you know, a, a way to dig deep into yourself and to give yourself that compassion and grace and to honor it. You know, I think a lot of it is that we're, we're trained to think that, you know, there's something shameful in wanting to be seen or shameful in wanting to be loved by everybody or, you know, it's just we're trained to these different things so that when we have those emotions, we try to reject them and, and like you said, go distract ourselves with something that's a little more mind numbing, which leads mm -hmm. to a whole different set of problems um, <laughs> and it just dominoes out of control. Yeah, absolutely. That's when we get the unnecessary stress, which leads to 
more, I, I say this in quotes, normal problems. And normal problems, what that looks like is the eight pounds that you've gained over the last five years, you know, or pouring that extra glass of wine and you becoming, uh, is it called wino? I'm so not into <laughs> But yeah, you know, you, you, you start identifying yourself as somebody who loves wine, but it all stemmed from that original distraction point. Um, that reminds me of something that I saw on, um, Marie Forleo, somebody that I, that I watch and her husband was an actor and he was talking about how our emotions are kind of like, you know, like we're cells and they vibrate at different frequencies and and all of that stuff. Um, and he was saying, you know, whenever he would get anxious, like going on, on stage or something, he would start to feel that emotion of anxiety that he trained himself to sit with that emotion of anxiety to just feel, you know, feel his pulse racing, to feel the, the breathing mm-hmm. quickening and just kind of sit with that and be with that. Mm-hmm. And that that was something that actually helped him to get over that whole emotion that he was feeling whenever he would go on stage. So I wanted to get just a little more, I guess, uh, specific. When you say to sit with that emotion for 90 seconds, are you saying to, or should we be like then focusing on like our physical bodily and and thought responses, or should we be focusing on the thing that caused us to have that emotion to begin with? Like where should our focus lie? That is such a great question. And I actually have a model that it's step-by-step in terms of, so first you want to locate where is that emotion residing within you in your body? And so depending on the emotion, it could be love, joy, happiness. I mean, we, we always talk about emotions in terms of the negative sense, but even the positive ones, when you think about it, when you received really good news, sometimes we generate this, this energy within us that bubbles and rises. It almost feels like anxiety, but it's a different quality to it. And it's, it, it's as if we have to like call somebody or we have to get a scoop of peanut butter or whatever it is just to calm ourselves down. So it's any emotion, but you want to locate, where is that within my body? Be really mindful. And then you want to observe it for 90 seconds. Like, and by observing, it's like really be the third party in this, like watch yourself from a third party perspective and just breathe into that emotion, breathe out of it and be, become really familiar with that. And then from there, what you want to do is try to describe it. You know, what kind of quality does that anxiety have within you? And so you might want to describe it in the sense of, oh, it has this rising, bubbling feeling within my chest and it's going up to my throat, but it stops, you know, right. And I'm pointing to my esophagus, but it stops right under my jaw, whatever it is, but try to describe it to the point where you can't describe it anymore. And when you do that, all of these things are actually helping you to get out of your mind and the thoughts and just be in your body. And then from there, you want to appreciate it. Just appreciate the emotion because you brought it up on some level. And so just appreciate it, get to know it, thank it for making itself aware so that you can get to know yourself more. And then once you've discharged that emotion, then you can go do the thought work in terms of trying to understand, okay, now that I'm clean, like now that I'm a pure vessel <laughs> and it's, it's not a distraction point for me, like I, meaning I don't have to go and make myself feel better because now I feel better. Then you can do the thought work of what was the thought that really created this emotion. And then from there, drilling down even deeper of what was I making the toys mean? What was I making the unwashed dishes mean to me? And then that's when you do what I call the personalization work. 
You know, you, we personalize on such a deep level that we don't understand that it's really stemming from really deep um, rooted beliefs within us. And that's the filter. Our beliefs are the filter that we see the world and how we personalize everything. Because if you think about it, everything that happens in our life is absolutely just a fact because it just happens. And then when we look to one minute ago or five minutes ago or even a week ago, and we look at that fact that just happens, now we have a thought about it and we personalize what that event means to us. And so going back to your example of Maria Forleo's husband and how he deals with anxiety is that if you think about it, anxiety it's how we personalize that emotion in that moment. So anxiety is the same feeling of somebody can have the same feeling of walking on stage and feeling the anxiousness and thinking a thought such as, oh my gosh, I don't like this feeling. What are people going to think of me? Everyone's staring at me and have those kind of thoughts. And then another person can walk into a first date, see somebody amazing and have that same feeling but they're labeling it as the butterflies and their thoughts, all of their personalization around that event can be something like, Oh my goodness, this is going to be an amazing date or wow, I'm really attracted to this person. And so their thoughts are so different because they're personalizing that event and that feeling in such a different way. And I think that that is the beauty of, and the power of our minds for being able to choose how do we want to personalize something to us. That's so good. That's so powerful. No, that was a lot. But <laughs> no, I think that's great. Yes. I think that's great. Um, no, I think that's beautiful. In fact, if we could have ended right there, that would have been great too. But I do want to <laughs> talk about something else that I heard in one of your podcasts, um, which is, I mean, I deal with a lot of people who are trying to get rid of clutter. And one of the, the main issues that they tend to have is this whole sense of feeling obligated to hold on to things, feeling guilted. You know, my, my mother gave me this, I don't want to hurt her feelings. Or somebody gave me this as a wedding gift. And, you know, just they hold on to things that they don't really want, don't really need, and don't even necessarily enjoy looking at just because of this sense of guilt and obligation. And it, that's one thing we said, we, we get the sensation in all different areas of our life. This is just the one that I happen to deal with the most, but you talk about something that's called redeciding that we can use in a variety of situations in our lives to help, um, to help get ourselves on board. And you know what, I, actually, I'm just going to let you explain it. So if you'll just tell <laughs> us what this whole topic of redeciding is. Yes. I love this concept because oftentimes when we think about something that we possess in our lives right now, or maybe it's an obligation or a duty that you have towards someone or something, what we often do is we operate from an old yes. And when we operate from an old yes, we often f feel what Mia just mentioned is that sense of, you know, again, obligation of needing to do it, of having to do it, and not really having our own back on why we want to keep having that in our life or having that person in our life. And so what we need to do is we need to consider based on who I am today, because based on when you made that decision, that could have been, you know, 10 years ago, that could have been 20 years ago, it could be yesterday, but you're still a different person today. And so what you want to do is redecide and ask yourself the same question. If I had to answer that right now, meaning if somebody asked me, can you take care of you know, this item or these kids next weekend, 
or whatever that question is for you, or can you keep this for me? Based on who you are today, would you still answer that same question with a yes? And if you can't, and if you don't want to, then think of all the reasons as to why you don't want to. Ask yourself, do I like my reason? And then have your own back. Because oftentimes what we do is we give ourselves the guilt or the shame or the obligation of having to carry out an old yes. And it goes the other way. So for example, let's say that your mother has nowhere to go. Some, you know, Maybe she's renovating her house, whatever it may be. And she asks, can I stay with you for four weeks? And that four weeks has turned into three months now because we all know how renovations go. And let's say that in week six, you're feeling the frustration of, oh my goodness, I, I don't even know why I'm doing this. And she's in your space too much. And all of these things are happening. Now, we have to redecide at that point and ask ourselves a question Do I want to host my mom? And depending on your answer, let's say that your answer is actually. Yes, I still want to host her because I love her. And despite everything that's happening, I'm going to make it work. Then that's okay, right? Like at least you are having your own back and you're re-deciding to say yes to that situation. And now the next morning when you see her using your favorite mug as, you know, she's drinking coffee, you're not annoyed because you have your own back and you said yes on committing to, I want to be there for her. Even if all of this has to happen, I want to be there for her. Now, if you want to say no, that's okay too. At least you're being honest with yourself and you're still having your own back. And it does not mean that you love her any less. It just means that you <laughs> love yourself and love her to maintain that healthy relationship. But again, the, this concept of redeciding, it applies to anything and everything in your life. It could be an item that you have. If you're cherishing an item that you, you know, back 10 years ago that somebody gave to you and you cherished it for 10 years. But now, given who you are today, maybe you already have that item and that feeling so deeply ingrained in you that the physical object of it does not need to be there. It doesn't serve you in the same way. And so with that, I would say, again, Redecide. Do you want that in your in your home? And if so, if your answer is yes, then let go of the old thought of it being a burden because you just redecided on saying, actually, I want this. And so you, it's again, it comes down to redeciding on the object and the person, but also yourself and the thought that you're having about it. So you're redeciding on do I let go of the old thought and keep this new one, or do I keep the new thought and let go of the old one? Right. So we, again, it's so many levels of redeciding, but once you use this concept in your life, you will feel so much better because you're having your own back on things. I love it. I think that's great. And I think that's something that we should like make a habit of, you know, just make a practice of it to where you're constantly choosing what you want to keep, what you want to do, what you want to accept pretty much in your own life, regardless of, of what the situation is. I, mm -hmm. I see that so many times, just like you said, in, in so many different situations where people feel like they're stuck by a decision that they made once. 
you know, maybe you made a decision 10 or 20 years ago and you feel like you're stuck. Now, there are some things that, you know, that are like a, a, one, a decide one and done type of thing. You know, maybe you say I do at the altar and ideally that <laughs> relationship is going to last forever. But the majority of our decisions are not necessarily lifetime decisions. Right, right. And, you know, again, everything that comes up in our life is there to be our homework assignment in a sense, right? It's going to come up wearing different clothes or it's going to be a different item depending on how you look at things. And it's going to keep coming up until you learn that lesson. And perhaps the concept of redeciding, if a certain decision that you need to make over and over again, or a certain situation where you need to redecide over and over again, keeps coming up, perhaps we need to go to the root cause of the original ask or, you know, again, obligation or whatever it is, purchase. And you need to look back at, wow, where do I need to take time before I make the original commitment? Right. So, true. so take it yeah. back to the roots. Like what led you to this to begin with? Exactly. That's a good point. Yeah. Susan, I could talk to you all day. Like literally I could make two pages of topics that we could talk about. Um, <laughs> I'm so happy that you were able to make it on. Guys, if you want to hear more topics like this, you've got to go listen to her podcast, Stress Proof. It's just like, it's like a cesspool of wonderful topics like this. I don't, I told her, I don't even know how you come up with some of these incredible ideas that I've never even thought of before. And each episode is like another little nugget, like another little idea. You have to check it out. So that's um, her podcast is called Stress Proof. But Susan, where else can people find you and get more of this juicy information? Sure. So like I said, Stress Proof, you can go over to the website at stressproofpodcast.com. And if you are into social media, I am all over social at Susan Choi Wellness. Excellent. I'm so glad that you could make it today and I will see everybody else here on the podcast next week. 